0: Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the We Are Podcast on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. And man, I've got a great discussion for you today. This one will be a lot of fun. We can debate this. You can be sitting out there in your living room or office or car, wherever you listen to the podcast, and kind of be thinking about this in your own mind. I came across a list over the past week Saturday Tradition, which is a website that covers the Big Ten, they tried to come up with a list of the most beloved football player at each Big Ten school. Now, this is interesting because when you do lists like these, all right, you're not necessarily talking about the best player of all time at a school. That's, that's not, when you, when you, when I ask you who's your favorite player, from Penn State or the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball, it might not necessarily be the best player of all time. Maybe it is. I've said this before on the podcast. My favorite baseball player of all time was Sean Dunstan, a Cubs shortstop back in the day. He wasn't even the Cubs best player. Ryan Sandberg was Mark Grace, Andre Dawson, but he was, he was my beloved player. So when you're thinking about beloved players, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And it's fascinating when you, you know, try to come up with different criteria for these sorts of things. So, uh, to, to give you the answer right up front: uh, the Saturday tradition story. They listed Franco Harris as Penn State's most beloved football player. Um, that seems like a pretty good, uh, a, a pretty good choice. I, I do not have Franco uh, number one on my list. I'm going to give you my top five here in a few minutes and uh, Franco on the surface for a lot of people might be number one, might be really high, but I think there are a lot of Penn state fans that really turned on Franco uh, after the scandal. Yeah. If you, if you're 1 billion percent in favor of Joe Paterno and you want to see Franco wanted to see Franco um, fight for Joe all those years, that's, that's fine. But I, I think Franco went too far. And I think a lot of Penn state fans maybe think he went too far. So when we're talking about beloved we, we, we're kind of talking about universally beloved for whatever reason. So I'm going to give you my top five most beloved Penn State football players here in just a minute. But I'm going to go through the story because this story, they got some of they did a good job with some of these. Some of them are horrific, including Michigan State. They picked running back Kenneth Walker, the third from a couple years ago. That's laughable. I mean, Bubba Smith, Michigan State has had tremendous football history for decades and decades, and they pick a transfer running back who was there for one year. Uh, Another terrible one is Illinois. They picked Juice Williams. Uh, Dick Butkus played at Illinois. Red Grange played at Illinois, uh, and they picked Juice Williams. You can go read the story. I'm not going to give away their criteria. Uh, Indiana was Antoine Randall L. They certainly do not have great football tradition. Iowa was Niall Kinnick. Uh, Maryland, Stefan Diggs. Michigan, Charles Woodson. Good choice. Pretty good choice there. Uh, phenomenal player there after all their great tradition. Minnesota, Tony Dungy. Nebraska, Tommy Frazier. Northwestern, Pat Fitzgerald. I'll talk more about Pat Fitzgerald here in just a minute. Ohio State, Archie Griffin. Two-time Heisman winner. Penn State, Franco Harris. Purdue, Drew Brees. Rutgers, the McCourty Twins. Wisconsin, Ron Dane. So again, when you do a list like this, You know, everything's up for debate. Everything's everybody's criteria can be different. And I've given you some time here over the last couple of minutes while I've been rambling to think in your own mind, who are the most beloved Penn State football players? So I've got a top five for you. And you might agree with this. You might disagree. I I, I don't I'm not really getting overly controversial here, except for the fact that I did drop Franco Harris, some in my ring. Number one in my list of the most beloved Penn State football players, I've got Jack Ham. To me, that's as safe a bet as there is. Phenomenal college player, incredible NFL player, really. Um, the, the, the founding father of, of linebacker you to me. And, and Jack Ham is still beloved because he's a football broadcaster and has been for a long time. You, you, you won't hear anybody say anything negative about Jack Ham. And when you're talking about beloved people, isn't that kind of what it comes down to? You know, the guy that is like, uh, crystal clear, beloved by everybody and nobody has a bad word. To me, that's Jack Ham. Number two on my list is Cappy. John Capaletti, the only Heisman Trophy winner in Penn State history. Again, uh, from his Heisman speech to his brother and uh, being the only Heisman winner. And it's been a long, 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 long time. Uh, you won't hear anybody say anything bad about John Capaletti. So to me, he's number two. Now, after that, look, I feel I'll, I'll go to battle with anybody with my top two. With Jack Hamm and John Capoletti. After that, hey, criteria, you know, personal opinions, all these kinds of things. I'm going to go number three for my most beloved Penn State football players. Might be a little outside the box for some people, but I'm going to go LeVar Arrington. Uh, LeVar was just such an unbelievably gifted physical athlete, Uh, For those Penn State defenses, late 90s, just tremendous, tremendous character, you know, just a a fun, charismatic guy. He has remained in the limelight with the program for years and years and years and years as as a football broadcaster. You know, he's still around the program a lot. You'll hear people talk about LeVar Arrington, the LeVar leap and all those kinds of things. Hey, you can certainly debate if LeVar's number three on the list. That's fine, because number my number four guy, uh, you know, good could, could you could flip flop these guys, really. But LeVar's been around for a, a longer time. So I gave him the nod at number three just because uh just, just so charismatic. Uh and and the things he did, his physical skills. I've got Saquon Barkley at number four. Certainly you could have Saquon at number three. I can make a case Saquon is the pure best football player Penn State has ever had. I mean, Saquon is just what he was able to accomplish and his his freak, freak physical skills, just incredible. I didn't want to give in to recency bias uh, and, and put Saquon above LeVar. Maybe in a few years, you know, Saquon will be lo- above LeVar. Maybe maybe for many of you, Saquon's already above LeVar or Jack Hammer, John Keppley. And again, that's why these lists are are so fun. But I've got Saquon number 4 and then I've got I've got Franco Harris number 5. Now look, the Saturday tradition story uh points out the fact that when you get off the airport in Pittsburgh, uh f- there's the statue of Franco with the immaculate reception, the greatest play uh, really in football history. All right, so uh especially well, the NFL NFL history. Uh, there are some college plays, the, the Stanford Cal A band game. I I can make a case. That's the greatest play in football history, but that's neither here nor there. So you, you can definitely make a case that Franco Harris is the most beloved Penn State football player for a lot of people. But again, I'm not getting, I'm not going too deep into the scandal here or, or, or trying to get controversial, but Franco went really far for a long time, really far defending Joe and Quite frankly, there were Penn State, there are State fans that got kind of tired of it, thinking he went too far, and so I don't, I just don't think you could put Franco number one on a list of most beloved uh, Penn State football players. When you know, over the last decade, I think he turned a lot of people off. Obviously, Franco passed away recently, and rest in peace. Uh, just a sensational, really better NFL player than he was in college. Uh, he, he was a really good college player, but did not lead the Penn State team in rushing. Then he became a sensational player, winning four C- Super Bowls with the Steelers. But that's my list of the five most beloved players in Penn State football history. Jack Ham, John Capoletti, LeVar Arrington, Saquon Barkley, Franco Harris. You can certainly go a lot of different directions. There are other guys you can name. Sure, there are so many great Penn State football players and again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, when when it comes to beloved figures, to me, a guy like Paul Pusluzni always comes to mind. Beloved Shane Conlan, um, you know, maybe a Todd Blackledge winning uh, the first national title and then being a broadcaster and being around Penn State for so many decades as a broadcaster. Again, you you can go a lot of different directions. Who who might be most beloved for you? But I think universally, whether you agree with my rankings or, or not, I'll I'll go to battle with those five guys: Ham, Cappy, Lavar, Saquon, Franco. I'll go to battle with those five, and maybe any particular order. So, if you have a, a a ranking that you want to share, you can post it here on. The uh, on the website in the comment section shoot me a text or a message on Twitter or email. I'd love to hear what you folks think uh, who, who the uh, most beloved Penn State football player is of all time. Fans fork over your money so the school can really benefit and grow with its NIL. How about that? How do you feel about that? What I just mentioned, if the school or James Franklin or somebody else uh, is making a plea to you, the fans, you know, kind of asking for more money, how do you feel about just that concept in general? I want to get into that here for a few minutes because. Look, there are all kinds of fans. There are all kinds of fans. There are fans that have a bunch of money and they buy their tickets and their parking and everything, and they've still got a bunch of money. But there are also fans that, you know, they pay a bunch of money for tickets and parking. And that is maybe about the extent of their entertainment dollar. And they don't necessarily have a whole uh, ton of money just lying around Beyond that, beyond the very expensive costs of season tickets, parking, traveling, you know, getting to tailgate, whatever the case might be. Uh, I'm mentioning all this because James Franklin has talked about NIL uh, extensively over the last year or so. James sent out a tweet earlier in the week, really kind of making a plea For fans to help for everybody to help out with NIL. This is what it says. Every game week we call for our one hundred and seven thousand strong together. We are locked in, committed and show the tremendous power of the Penn State community. All true. Franklin goes on to say we need all caps, everyone locked in on being one and oh in the NIL race. Let me repeat that. We need all caps, everyone, locked in on being 1-0 and 0 in the NIL race. There is power in our 750K living alumni, and we need everyone to take pride and compete now. Let's do this together, Nittany Nation. Donate to Happy Valley United and help us compete today. Look, that's what James Franklin is supposed to do. He is supposed to be a cheerleader and spearhead um, a grassroots campaign. For people to donate money for NIL. He needs NIL money. The program needs NIL money. Penn State football needs NIL money to compete and keep up with everybody else, you know, in their tier or, or slightly above in college football. None of the, I'm, look, I'm not in any way criticizing James Franklin or Penn State or anybody. This, this is what everybody in that, their situation should be doing. I'm merely asking the question of, is it really feasible and I don't know, fair, appropriate. I don't know quite what the right word is to be asking all the fans to kick in more money. Okay. This is a slippery slope to me. It's a very slippery slope. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. I, I got some friends. They're a family of four. They pay six grand, $6,000 for their four season tickets and parking. They've got good seats, not phenomenal seats, but good seats. Six grand. It's a hell of a lot of money. I don't spend six grand on anything over the course of the year. Do you? Is there anything you spend $6,000 on other than your mortgage or car payment? Student loans, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, I hate to bring up a, <laughs> a bad thought there. Or your kid's tuition or whatever. That's a, That's a lot of money. All right. And so... We're in this murky point with NIL where, sure, every school wants its gigantic donors, the multimillionaires out there, the people that have all kinds of uh, entertainment dollars, all kinds of extra money laying around to, to do with whatever they want. And, you know, I'm sure there are a number of people within the alumni foundation that that have that kind of money and can and will give to Penn State when you're asking everyone in a fan base that already spends quite frankly pardon my French a shit ton of money on Penn State football a shit ton of money you're asking them to give more give more Give more. We need everyone on board here. And again, I'm not criticizing James Franklin because I think everybody's going to be doing this. All coaches are going to be doing this. But how much is enough? How much is too much? And fans have to say, whoa. I'm giving enough. I'm giving enough. I'm buying my tickets. I'm buying the merch. I'm paying the parking. We're doing the tailgating. We're paying our huge fees for the seat licensing, the the uh, Nittany Line Club donations, all of those things, okay? This stuff adds up, and Penn State football's not cheap. It's not cheap by any stretch of the imagination. So, we're, again, we're just in the—the the best word I can use, we're just in this murky time of these schools need all this money. Where are they going to get it? Okay, Penn State's got this massive alumni uh, base and, you know, some schools do have a huge alumni base and that's who you need to tap into. Again, I'll say for a third time, I'm in no way criticizing what James Franklin is doing. I guess I'm criticizing where we are in society now that football programs that are worth a billion dollars or close to it. Are still are, are are now increasingly asking fans to pony up more. Isn't there a problem with that? Don't don't you see some trouble with that? Because fans pay the tickets, buy, buy the tickets. They pay a lot of money. Penn State football is not cheap, and and so now with this whole NIL thing where. You know, we need more. We need more. We need more. We need more. We got to keep up with the Joneses. Some more Joneses just moved into the neighborhood. They bought a bigger house. We got to keep up with them. We got to expand our house to keep up with their house. Oh, wait. Now some more people are moving into the neighborhood. They just expanded more than the other neighbors, and we got to keep up with them. At what point do you kind of run out of money? Now, Penn State has been behind in NIL. Uh, James Franklin has mentioned that numerous times. Um, they've caught up maybe a little bit. He said they're probably still a year behind, I think in the interview with the podcast with Adam Brenneman, great podcast, by the way. So, so that's just where we are at this level of college football. It makes me very uncomfortable. It makes me very uncomfortable because like I said, I don't spend $6,000 on anything, not anything. My mortgage, our car payments, you know, I I'm not I'm not rich. I I I can do what our family does enough. We can do enough. I think I'm middle class America. I think most of you listening to this are middle class America. Most of you listening to this probably don't spend six thousand dollars on anything over throughout the course of a year except for bills. All right. So if you're paying, if you got four season tickets or, or two or eight or however many you got, you're already paying a lot of money. A lot of money. So Again, I don't I don't I don't know where all this is going with NIL. I just know that I'm uncomfortable with the notion that after you've already done everything you can as a fan in terms of supporting your team by buying tickets, buying parking, buying merch, doing the tailgating, now you're going to be asked to give more. I don't know I don't know what else can be done who else the schools can go to but i mean at some point i got to think the overwhelming majority of fans and i'm talking 90% plus of fans in this country, not just penn state i'm i'm i'm, I'm talking about penn state cuz this is a penn state podcast but i got to think fans of even the biggest and most successful programs programs in this country ohio state alabama clemson georgia whatever 80 90% of those fans at some point, they're going to say, I've given enough. I I don't have any more to give. I know you need more, but you're going to have to find it without tapping more into, into, into my bank account more. Welcome back to the third and final segment of the We Are podcast this week. Uh, Disappointing story, uh, frustrating story out of the Northwestern football program on Friday. So they had an investigation into allegations of hazing. It's really kind of uh, murky a little bit. I'm using the word murky a lot in the podcast this week. It's a little murky a little bit about what they found or didn't found, corroborating evidence or what have you. You can go find out the stories. Um, something happened. There might there seem to be some alleged hazing going on in the program, but, you know, finding all the evidence, you know, they, nothing was released on what they found, but coach Pat Fitzgerald was suspended on Friday for two weeks without pay. Now he's suspended right now, you know, in, in July when there's really not much going on in college football, but still that's, that's beside the point. Um, Hazing. We've come a long way in our sporting society to get rid of that kind of nonsense, but it does still happen out there. That's why it's frustrating and disappointing to hear this. This is Northwestern. You know, these are the smart kids. Now, I, I hate to stereotype, but you know, when we talk about Northwestern, there are realities about the the types of student athletes at Northwestern. They're typically the smartest kids, the, the brilliant kids. That's why it's harder to recruit, you know, the greatest football players there because they have certain academic standards. If there's alleged hazing going on at Northwestern in 2023, for God's sake, man. I mean, can't we be better than that? And quite frankly, the answer is no. And I, I hate to point that out, but the answer is no. We're really not better than that. Um, quick story. I, I was never hazed. I played sports really I played sports my whole life. I played junior high and high school, uh, and, and then played competitive rec leagues for decade, two or three decades. Uh, so I've been around sports my entire life, not only as a player, but it's certainly covering it for 30 years as a journalist. And you see all kinds of things. You see all kinds of uh, attitudes and actions of, uh, you know, one player toward another or a group of players towards, toward another group of players or what have you. And, uh, um, We have made progress with regards to the hazing. I've never been hazed. I've never really seen it. Um, not in what you would call the traditional hazing. Sure. There's a bunch of smack talking. There's always trash, especially when you get boys around, teenage boys. I, I remember, you know, high school sports, the way teenagers talk to each other. Uh, but sometimes that's just talk. The, the real hazing stuff that we hear terrible stories about. I, I was never around that. Most of you maybe have not been around it, but it does still happen out there. Uh, I, I know of one person who had a terrible hazing situation. I'm not going to get into the details, but a terrible situation, hazing situation when he was in high school, uh, and it uh, I mean, it was awful. You know, the, 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 if I if I told you the details, you'd cringe and you'd be like, "Holy God, man!" I mean, that's just ridiculous. And yet, you know, it scarred this. It scarred this guy. Scarred him for years and years. Probably still scars him. Um, so this kind of stuff does happen and it's ridiculous that it happens. But when you get around ultra macho males and uh, you know, maybe it happens in female sports too. I don't, I don't know. I, you don't hear situations about that as much, but you get around these ultra, ultra macho males and, and the way they've got to show their dominance and, and doing all these stupid hazing routines, you would hope that we could get rid of that kind of junk completely. But when you hear that it's happening, allegedly at Northwestern. Oh man. You know, you just, you just kind of shake your, you, you just shrug. Think what the hell? Hey, if, if the smart kids who are supposed to know better are allegedly doing this kind of stuff, man. All right. Uh, I just wanted to mention that cause that was, that was news that just broke Friday with Pat Fitzgerald getting suspended for a couple weeks. Um, the investigation reportedly found that the coaches didn't really know anything about, didn't, didn't know the details of the hazing but maybe they could have looked into it and stopped it. And so it's Pat Fitzgerald's program. He ends up getting suspended for a couple weeks and he's a man of great integrity. He's a beloved figure at Northwestern has had a lot of success there where they really struggled last year. Well, I think they're one in 11 last year and that program's got a lot of issues, but the bigger, the bigger stories, you just hope that, you know, athletes in general, uh, can, can overcome this kind of silliness and nonsense. And we don't have to hear stories like this very often. All right, folks, we are eight weeks away from the start of the Penn State football season. It's getting close to being exciting. Uh, it's been fun throughout the course of the summer, kind of jumping into some offbeat topics here and there, like our discussion today on the most beloved Penn State football player. Uh, th- these are fun. We got a few more weeks of these kinds of topics, I'm sure. Then we can really dive into X's and O's and uh, detailed football, hardcore football kind of stuff as we get closer to the season and certainly in the season. I really look forward to that, breaking down and analyzing a lot of that kind of stuff. It's not far away, guys and girls, eight weeks away. Thanks for tuning in this week.